0: A bad start to the road trip for the Anaheim Ducks. Some troubling trends already cropping up early in the season. We'll talk about that on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Let's hit it. You're Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Yeah, that was a crappy couple of games to start with. Hi everyone, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez here from Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I've been covering hockey for over a decade. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, YouTube, etc., etc. Alright, let's get right into it. The the Ducks, they're not doing it on the road. Before we t- we just go into that, I want to preface by saying the Islanders are not a bad team. They're, in fact, a good team. Don't forget, the Islanders made the conference finals two seasons in a row, and they've got their health back. So the Islanders are a good team. The New York Rangers, they're an extremely good team. In fact, some Experts are calling them Stanley Cup favorites. <gasps> what? I mean, I could kind of see it, but I kind of don't. I mean, I think they're a top six team in the National Hockey League. I think they are capable of going back to the Eastern Conference Finals. But favorite? No, I don't think so. I don't have them as favorite. So let's just get that out of the way. Both New York teams are are good this season. That being said, they made the Ducks look bad these first couple of games on the road trip. So let's talk about both games. Do we have to? Yes. Yes, we do. I'm obliged. I mean, I I don't want to say I'm obliged, but, you know, it is my duty to at least tell you what exactly is going on. That first game on Saturday was bull-funky. That's my polite way of saying BS. But it was bull-funky. The Ducks just got off to a horrific start in the first period and it continued in the second. They spotted the Islanders five goals in the first two periods before deciding to score themselves because Troy Terry's amazing. At least he got the lone goal for the Ducks on that game. So yippee, Troy Terry got his third of the season. Troy Terry, he's an amazing hockey player, but I think you all know that if you watch this podcast regularly, he's my favorite player for a lot of reasons. But yeah, that, those first couple periods, um, Mayfield Scott Mayfield scored. Noah Dobson scored. Oliver Wallstrom scored. Scott Mayfield scored again. Then Anthony Beauvillier scored. A couple of those goals were pretty ugly, by the way. I would say at least two of those goals, the defense were just total pylons. And I hate to already call him out, but John Klingberg, not the best games. It just wasn't. Dmitry Kulikov. Had a really bad game on 5-on-5, five five, and I'll talk more about him a little bit later. But Kulikov did not have a good game. Jamie Drysdale had a, you know, not great game, not a horrible game. He was probably the best, one of the best defensemen on that game along with Cam Fowler, but that was about it. Anthony Stolars did come in in relief. John Gibson got chased after two periods. We're probably going to see this a lot already making Gibby's stats look bad, even though he had some really terrific saves in that Saturday game. And I'll admit, I did not watch that live. I went back and watched it later. Gibby has some terrific saves in both New York games, in particular against the Islanders, because there was about a five minute stretch where he was just getting peppered with shots. I mean, Anthony Stolarz got off easy. He only saw 11 shots. Gibby saw 27, and it seemed like 15 of those came in a 7-minute span. That's how bad it got. And then at least Terry scored, but, you know, Robin Solo scored two in a row to close things out. I will say the one positive, if we can get any positives out of this game, is that Troy Terry still looks good out there. Terry is the kind of player that can take over a game and at least he is trying to find more of his shots, which is nothing but a good thing. You want guys like Terry to be more aggressive. You want guys like Troy Terry to take more shots instead of taking one shot per game like he used to do two or three seasons ago. Remember, he used to do that. Terry became a little bit just apprehensive, especially in 2019-2020 where there were long stretches where Troy Terry had a shot and just would not take a look to pass. Now, things have changed in three seasons where he is now getting more aggressive. He's finding himself more in that slot area, which is good because, you know, Troy Terry does a lot of his damage in that area. I mean, that was a great goal that he had against the Islanders. But just in general, in general, Troy Terry is playing better and playing more aggressive. And you love to see it. Three goals in three games. I'm still going to say it. 40 goals. 40 goal season for Troy Terry. I'm going to stick by my guns till the end of the season. Because I believe that much in Troy Terry. But aside from that, I mean, the PK was fine, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it was fine. It wasn't fine at MSG. MSG, that was really a turn for the worse. Because the Ducks just allowed three power play goals. Again, for the second time this season, the Ducks have allowed three power play goals. This one had, I think, a lot more takeaways. And I'll get to those takeaways after this brief word from Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. And folks, I mean, speaking of New York, I'll be out there in a couple of weeks for the marathon Actually, I'm leaving two weeks from today. So I'll be out there running the New York Marathon. I'm excited about it. If any of you happen to be in New York, I'd love to have you guys cheer me on. It'd be amazing. So if you want to check out the latest and greatest for Built Bar, Built Boost, Built Go, then head over to Built.com right now because, you know, you got to keep up those workouts to keep you warm in the impending winter months. So, yeah. Yeah. Check out Bilt.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. Welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. Before I get to some takeaways on the Rangers game, I want to give a quick shout-out, and I wanted to give this shout-out before, but I forgot, and I have it written down right, like, right in front of me, I have it written down, along with my little stats for later. So, shout-out to a couple of those Duck fans, and one in particular, uh, Jose, who uh, who spotted me at Toyota Arena over the weekend, and, you know, he actually, like, kind of tapped me on the hold, like, Locked on Ducks, so, for those of you that recognize me, that's awesome, that's really cool, but if you want to if you happen to see me around the arenas and want to say hi, just like, just tap and say like, hey, Locked on Ducks. So if you happen to see me. All right. Let's talk about that Rangers game. I mean, I will say one player that did stand out to me was number 11 for the Anaheim Ducks, who chose number 11 because another number 11, Mark Messier, has his number retired by the Rangers, and that was someone that Trevor Zegras looked up to. So... I think that's kind of cool. Z did have his MSG moment, had a nice little semi-breakaway shot, kind of did like one move, and then scored off of Shesterkin. Hey, it's a pretty nice goal. not going to lie. That got me going. I was like, "Mm, yeah. And then New York took over after that. So first, Vincent Trocek scored on the power play. Then Mika Zibanejad scored on the power play. Again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Then Frank scored. Not the Frank you're thinking of. Not Sonny Milano. Frank Vitrano scored on his old team on a rifle of a shot. So that made it 2-1. Then Z scored on a beautiful goal. Made it 2-2. Two two. And then the Rangers took over by scoring three unanswered. Capo Caco, Alexi Lafreniere, his first of the season. Whatever. And the bread man. Artemi Panarin. Yeah couple of those goals went glove side. It's not what you want to see. You don't want to see that from John Gibson getting beat on the glove side when there is no screen. That one, I think Gibby could have gotten back. But that happens. That's hockey. The Ducks did try to mount a comeback. We had Max Comtois score. We had Derek Grant score. All right. Cool. Derek Grant did something good. Mika Zibanejad scored in the power play. That was the finisher. 6 4 was your final score at Madison Square Garden. So, my takeaways on this game first, the penalty kill. The penalty kill looked awful in this game. And there is a couple of players that I do need to call out, but I'm going to call them out on the final segment. Let's talk about just the small sample size. I know it's only three games. And like I said before, the season is a marathon, not a sprint. Let me repeat that. The season is a marathon and not a sprint. There are still 79 games left in the season. However, the big troubling trend is the penalty kill. And looking at the league stats right now, the Ducks are second to worst in net penalty kill with a 53.9%. They're allowing too many goals in the PK. The only team worse than them is the Colorado... No, 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 I'm sorry. Check that. The only team worse than them on net PK, the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, the Avs are down there, but the Canucks, 50%. Yeah, the Canucks are a hot mess too. I think the Canucks are actually worse off starting the season because they haven't even won a game. At least the Ducks have won one game so far this season. But the Ducks way down there in penalty kill. Second to worst. Second to worst rather. Mm. The other big troubling stat that I need to get to. Is shots on goal. It's only three games in. But I think Jonathan Gibson wants to get the taser. Because in the first three games. The Ducks have allowed 48 shots. Then 38 shots. And then 43 last night put them together, and what do you get? An average of 43 shots allowed per game. Oh, that is by far the worst in the league. The Ducks have allowed the most shots on goal from any team, and we knew they were going to allow a lot of shots. John Klingberg, great offensive defenseman. Defense, eh, it's it's minimal. The only team close to them is the Arizona Coyotes, allowing 41 shots a game. But here's a worse, troubling stat. The Ducks aren't shooting the puck much themselves they've shot the puck an average of 24 times per game that's a league worst of 19 of a minus 19 shots allowed per game on average they've shot it 24 times they've allowed 43 on average a minus 19 shot differential is not going to win you many games in this league, if any. The Ducks are kind of lucky they've already won one based on that alarming statistic. I mean, 40, 40, 43... Are you kidding me? 43 shots allowed per game and only taking 24? Really? Oh, that that is bad. But again, both New York teams are good. That still doesn't excuse the fact that they allowed a season-high 48... Against the Seattle Kraken, that's inexcusable. Allowing 43 against the Rangers, okay, New York's very good. Allowing 38 against the Islanders, it could be worse. The Islanders are not a terrible team, as I said at the outset. But now it is time for revenge. It's time to take out the New Jersey Devils on their next game. I would think the players are just ready to go out there and pummel New Jersey. I think they're ready for that. And they've got to show me something more in the toss department because 43 is just too many. Uh, PK of around 50%, also not going to cut it. Defense, defense, defense. Defense has got to be the key for this Ducks team. That is something they need to improve on, especially on the penalty kill. And you know what? We're going to head into the second intermission right now. Because I really want to save this for the big segment. We're going to talk all about the penalty kill, and we'll get to that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason JD Hernandez. Yeah, all right. Yeah, right there. So let's talk about the penalty kill because I feel like we have to and I've kind of looked at every kill that the Ducks have had so far this season and I actually kind of have a solution as to how the Ducks penalty kill can be fixed I know it's only three games but there is a way out of this so let's first look at how each of those goals have been scored first let's go through the game against Seattle there were a couple of screens there so I will give the Ducks, I will give Seattle a little bit of credit on at least one of those goals. Just nice puck movement all around and getting the perfect screens. That one was fine. I, I think the Bjorkstrand goal was just great movement by the Seattle Kraken. That one was fine. Going to the New York game, there's a bit of that power play goal. The first one, that one also had some good movement. I mean, you know, it was, it was fine. You know, so that one, I'm not going to fault a whole lot. But notice that one of those goals that I highlighted, there was a certain player not on the ice. And that player is Derek Grant. Let me tell you who was on the ice for all six of those goals allowed. You ready for this? This is going to get ugly, folks. First against Seattle, you had... Ready for this? And Ducks fans, again, I apologize. You had Kevin Shattenkirk, Nathan Beaulieu. And then the first one, you had McTavish and Derek Grant. Then the second one, you had Shattenkirk Beaulieu. Then you had Silverberg and Derek Grant. Last one, you had Cam Fowler. You also had out there um, Lundy, but you also had Dmitry Kulikov and Sylphie. Now, we found out that Silverberg um, is on 100%, so he's out of the lineup. He actually missed the last game. Then against New York, here's where the troubles really took form. First goal, Fowler, Drysdale, Derek Grant, Max Comtois. Second goal, Cam Fowler, Dmitry Kulikov, Max Comtois, Frank Vetrano. Final power play goal, J.D., then you had, I'm ready for this, Brett Leeson. And then you had Kulikov and Derek Grant. So of the six PKs were they allowed a goal, JD was out for two of them, Shattenkirk out for two of them. Then you had, you know, Silphie for two of them, but that really shouldn't count. Bullyu for two of them. But the big guys that allowed just a lot of goals, Cam Fowler, was out there for three of those goals. And a couple of those, he just looked bad out there. Dmitry Kulikov, even though he got a lot of PK time, he did not look good out there on the PK. But the biggest the biggest name out there, Derek Grant. You notice that, Did you notice, by the way, were you keeping track of how many times Derek Grant was out there for those power play goals allowed? Almost all of them. Derek Grant's on special teams even though he can win faceoffs he hasn't been super impressive in that regard so far this season and he's been out there for almost every goal allowed on the opponents power play so it's almost like saying you know Derek Grant might be part of the problem here on special teams i mean he just he just has not looked good so far on this road trip to start. Yes, he did have the late goal, but that was kind of a fluky goal, kind of like everyone's out on the crease. It was a mess, but Derek Grant has not looked good on the PK. So here's my solution to that. Here's five gentlemen who I think the Ducks need to seriously look at to have more time on the penalty kill. First, let's start with Frank Vetrano. Vetrano has been known to get out there on the penalty kill. We've seen him in, with the Rangers actually, as a second PK guy. And he looked perfectly fine in that role. Another guy, Simon Benoit. Benoit is a special kind of case as far as PK and I'll tell you why. Benoit, for San Diego, for a little bit, was on that first unit penalty kill. And more often than not, he would have an extremely active stick and look really good out there on the PK. He's been on the PK already this season and looked pretty fine. And I'm rec- I'm actually recalling his days from San Diego here. Okay, so bear with me. With the goals, Benoit was out there like on average about four to five, like four to five times, four out of five times rather on that first PK unit. And maybe only 15% of the time he got scored on on the PK, which is about 85% penalty kill, which is, you know, about league average or at least like a little bit like it's fine. In that league, 85% PK is fine. So he was one of the better killers with the San Diego Gulls. So bring Ben Watt in that situation. Also, Max Jones. I think people forget about Max Jones being a specialty kind of player. People forget that Max Jones was was kind of one of those guys on the penalty kill for a little bit. And he was just great in that role. And we've kind of forgotten about that because he's been injured. And I would like to see him work his way back to a good PK unit. So that's another name I think we got to look at. Another game we really, really need to look at on the penalty kill. Maybe put him in the first PK unit. Isaac Lundstrom, Lundestrom has seen some PK time. And that is going back to what I said before, one positive about that Islanders game. The Ducks PK looked fine in that game at Nassau. I'm sorry not, Nass- sorry, not Nassau Coliseum. I'm really thinking back here. My mistake, they no longer play at Nassau Coliseum. They play at UBS Arena. I should have known that because I'm going to be out there in two, in three weeks. Actually, three weeks from yesterday, I'll be checking out a game at UBS Arena. That'll be a new arena for me. But going back to the game itself, uh, the penalty killing on that game was probably the best we've seen from the Ducks in a long time. Benoit looked great in that game. And I was really pleasantly surprised with how good Isaac Lundström was in this game. And I actually have like little post-it notes to my left. (laughs) Kind of like, I actually wrote a lot of notes on this and players that I like. Lundestrom was out there for a lot of those PKs and looked fine. One more name. And I've said this name a lot and I'm going to pump his tires again. Mason McTavish. Mason McTavish needs to see some more PK time. He absolutely does. He was both on the power play and the PK For four of the teams that he played in last season. That's a strength of his game. Like, I don't think people realize that the killing had been a strength of his game. With the Hamilton Bulldogs through that run to the OHL championship. So again, five names that we need to see more on the penalty kill. Frank Vetrano, Simon Benoit, Max Jones, Isaac Lundestrom especially... And Mason McTavish, get him out there on the PK. Get him out there. Let the kids play. That's all I'm saying. I mean, guys like Kulikov, like Kulikov, you know, it's whatever. Cam Fowler has not looked good. Derek Grant, I mean, boy, that's tough. It, It might be time to at least put Derek Grant on the pine for at least one game. Maybe have him figure things out. But on the PK, just in general... Derek Grant hasn't looked good. I mean, he was out there for almost every goal allowed. So maybe replace Derek Grant with Lundestrom. Actually, that would not be a bad solution. Think about this, Ducks fans. What if instead of Derek Grant on that particular PK unit, put Isaac Lundestrom in that role? Isaac Lundestrom is a good PK center. Lundestrom, not so good on, well... Not not as good on the faceoff dot, not as good as Derek Grant, but he does kill penalties. He absolutely does. So I say give it a shot for a game or two. Replace Derek Grant with Isaac Lundestrom on that particular PK line and see what that does to their penalty kill. That's a suggestion. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Once again. Thank you so much for your continued support. Um, there is a game Tuesday night. By the time this comes out, the game will be starting soon. But it is Devils versus Ducks. And this is a doubleheader day because later tonight, I will be joined by Trey Matthews from Locked on Devils. We're going to break down the Ducks-Devils game. And you know that him and I like type... I mean, we, we talk some crap. We talk a little bit of crap. So I'm hoping the Ducks demolish them. I'm hoping it's an 8-1 to one blowout. But even if it isn't, if the Ducks even win, I will be more than happy with that. So be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a late-night drop. It's going to be myself and Trey Matthews breaking down that particular game. All right. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, et cetera, et cetera. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. If you want to drop me a line, you can do so at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com or (laughs) gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a terrific rest of the afternoon. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And Ducks, fly together.